Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Hey, Jim. I'm doing all right, man. And we've had some technology problems here today. <laughs> here we are. Uh, recording uh, episode 176, which I think is very appropriate based on the problems we've been having today. Uh, Tell anger where to go. (laughs) Also called how not to kill your computer with a rubber mallet. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Right on. You know, it's funny because, because, you know, we've, this will be one of the most thought out things we've done because anger is just, it's just part of, of being human. You know, there's things outside of our control. Nothing you can do about it. Laugh, cry, punch, kick, scream. It doesn't doesn't change it. That's so right. tell tell us a little bit about today's uh, today's episode. Just kind of get us warmed up here. Yeah, Jim, we're in the middle of a series of episodes on mental and emotional well being. Uh, in the in the first two episodes, one seventy four and one seventy five, we unpacked how to obey the third part of the greatest commandment, which is to love yourself. And uh, and how becoming your own best friend yeah. really is foundational to long-term wellness. And if we don't get that right, if we don't um, care for ourselves at that level, uh, that the whole emotional and mental health conversation kind of falls apart. It's yeah. it's super foundational. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and so. We spent two sessions on that, and and uh, and today we're going to start uh, the first of two sessions on the subject of anger. Uh, there yeah. are a lot of uh, psychologists, researchers, therapists who believe that one of the major contributors in most causes of major depression is the mishandling of anger. Yes, and, uh, absolutely. We know we know that in 2022. Uh, Barna said that 50% of lead pastors were dealing with depression. And uh, and so that's why we think what we're talking about over these uh, period of seven weeks really matters a ton. And so, uh, you know, one of the things about anger that I don't think a lot of us know is that it doesn't magically disappear with time and distance. Right. Right. You know, it has this uncanny ability to keep brewing beneath the surface. Yeah. And if we don't intentionally tell anger where to go, it will take us to places in our life that we don't want to be. Yes. You know, as an example, if we don't tell our anger where to go, it will manifest as a knot in our gut every time we see the person who hurt us. Um, if yeah. we don't tell it where to go, it will often take us to a place of sadness and maybe even depression. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we don't figure out where to send our anger, it can often lead to a place of fractured relationships. And all of those places are places we don't want to be. And so, Jim, I'd like us to start that conversation today. Yeah, it's funny. You're talking about that. Remember Josh Spurlock we had on here a while ago, and he was talking about how um, the people wanting to quit, that it wasn't the one big thing that happened. It was a thousand little things that happened. And he he spoke specifically about offense. He said that something about the part of the brain that that gets that registers that offense, that adrenaline, that anger. It has no time stamp on it. Remember that? That's right. Where something that happened 10 years ago can be right here right now as if it as if it just happened. 
And so resolving anger is, is like you're saying, it doesn't just dissipate in time. You might have new thoughts that cloud it, but it doesn't take much before you're right back in that place, reliving it like it's That's a right. post-traumatic situation. So I'm, tell, tell us more about this. What do, you, what do you do with anger? How do you tell it where to go? Sure. I think I think Ephesians chapter four gives us a, a, a kind of a healthy strategy, really yeah. a simple strategy. If you think about it. It, it, Paul says six of the most important words you're ever going to read in the Bible. In your anger, do not sin. Yeah. yeah. If, if I practice that on a regular basis, every relationship in my life would probably be better. Yeah. yeah. And be healthier. Um. And so I think what Paul is saying to us and Jesus modeled for us is that it's possible to feel and express anger without it resulting in damaging words or behaviors. Yeah. You know, that, that anger, in some ways, anger is a neutral emotion, mm-hmm. but it's just easier to say something we shouldn't say or do something we shouldn't do when we're yeah. upset. So what I'd like to do, Jim, is... Um, today talk about some anger fundamentals because I think I think there's some fundamental things that if we understand yeah. it um then the practical pieces that we'll t- tackle in the next session will make more sense yeah that's not like a good, good strategy I love it yeah go for it okay so here's the first fundamental about anger anger is a human emotion yeah it, it happens when somebody violates you or crosses a boundary that you've tried to set and enforce. Uh, they take something from you, so to speak. And, it, and in those circumstances, anger is simply part of being human. Um, yeah. Jim, what do you think about that first fundamental? Well, I, it's funny because I, I, you're right. It, it's a response. It's a reaction. What, what happens when I feel powerless for example or i feel manipulated or i feel like how, how do i get to be more powerful anger is that thing that you would normally reach for right it's there's an injustice this is wrong someone should do something about this you know notice my fist is clenched you know for those yes. who are watching just just in saying that like it there's there's a reaction to that um to, to bring about justice but i i agree with you 100 it's a human emotion but just because it's human doesn't mean it, it, it doesn't have limits because if, if, if Paul says, in your anger, do not sin, that means there's a sin that does begin with anger. And we have to be very careful be, knowing yeah. what, those, what those limits are. So it's human, but that's not that's not an excuse to put your fist through a wall every time someone makes you mad. So there's got to be limits to it, right? Absolutely. And so if we can somehow uh, separate the emotion from the behavioral things that yeah. happen, yeah. As a result of that emotion, that might be negative. I think that might help us. I think yeah. for me as a young leader, Jim, the very feeling of anger made me feel guilty. Really? Okay. Yes. I don't I was messed up. Like, yeah. That somehow or another being a Christian and then being a pastor later on top of that meant that to feel it, that, that the feeling of it was sin. Which okay. the Bible doesn't teach us that, right? It, no, it, no. But if you're starting from that position, uh, anger is going to be a real problem for you. Right. Uh, so the, the, the lie was a godly man should never be angry. Is that kind of the, wow. Yes. Yeah, that's that's a but, setup for failure. <laughs> now, you know, I look back at it after all these years and think, how how blind was I? But yeah. I was. That's That was my 
my understanding of it. And, uh, and so we have to get that right. It's really important fundamental. Here's the second fundamental. And that is that anger is almost always a secondary emotion. Explain that secondary emotion. What's that mean? Yeah. There's usually something going on deeper in our world that is fueling the presenting anger, you know, that, so Greg Smalley puts it this way. He says that anger is usually a response to something else. Okay. An unmet need, uh, a dashed mm-hmm. hope, a sense of injustice, the feeling that somebody else is controlling us. Right, um, right. And, and so when I give a $100 response to a $5 <laughs> problem, that that level of anger is really not, that's not the issue there's yeah. something else that's been percolating for a long time that right. contributed to the volume of my anger, if that makes sense. It, you know, it makes perfect sense because I'm a pastor, right? So every mm-hmm. every male authority, religious figure, I, you ever felt like you're getting you're, you're being punished for the sins of your predecessors in a mm-hmm. pastoral role? You know, yes. they, they already don't trust you. They, they never met you, but they don't trust you. They don't believe you. You know, they, they think you're kind honors to whatever. You're going to hurt them. They're afraid of you. And they're they're immediately angry over the first thing you say that rubs that that unresolved wound in their heart. Yeah, and uh, and you say, I, like you say, I just got a hundred dollar fine for a for a five dollar crime. I don't I don't understand if it was a crime at all. Right, and yeah. I've observed that in in uh, in congregations. Yes, uh, in the congregation um, that I've pastored, a wonderful group of people, but there were some people who had been hurt. By a pastor, not from that church, but from another church. Yeah, yeah. They came yeah. to the church uh, prior to me getting there, but I think they came out of that wounded relationship, yes. and there was a, a fear that I was going to do the same thing to them. Yeah, and it wasn't fair. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, uh, well, it was reasonable in a sense, but but they were operating out of that. I don't know that yeah. they really resolved. Um, right. Their anger over what had happened to them, the disappointment of this pastor and the way he had behaved. Um, yeah. And and so when I ran into their anger, it shocked me because yeah. I thought, wait a minute. This doesn't seem that doesn't seem in proportion, but but I didn't have the, right. I, the understanding to blend that I do today that they were actually dealing with something deeper. And right. what was at the surface wasn't the real problem. Right. But again, the thought is right. That it's a secondary emotion. You scared them because your, your first name is pastor two. And the last yep. guy named pastor hurt me and I'm afraid to be hurt again, or I'm, right. I'm jealous or I'm scared or whatever it is. But that, I think that's what anger does is that I feel powerless. And by becoming angry, I become more powerful than the thing that triggered me. The, that's the, right. The scary. And uh, it's good to be aware of that. I, that, that thought or that phrase, anger is a secondary emotion causes me then to say, okay, then what's the primary emotion that's now being like, what, what is the problem? Anger is the reaction to the problem, but what's the problem? Cause you can't yeah. deal with it. It has a name, you know, and it could be, it could be disappointment. It could yeah. be, it could be a sense of rejection. It could, it could be a lot of things, right. That are right. really feeding uh, that, that emotion. So yeah. yeah. It's a human emotion. It's often a secondary emotion. Sometimes, thirdly, it's the right emotion. Sure. sure. And this is where I was like in left field as a young guy, yeah. right? Yeah. That that there are appropriate occasions 
for anger to manifest. You know, when a friend you love and trust betrays you, if yeah. you're alive, you should feel some anger yeah. around that. Yeah. If your spouse or your your boyfriend, and and you know, I hate to say it now, but if your girlfriend verbally assaults or physically abuses you, yeah. anger would be the proper response to that, proper emotion to feel. Yeah. Um, it's an appropriate response when you see injustice being inflicted on other yes. people. You know, when yes. and, and when I see that, um, especially when it has to do with kids, I don't yeah. know what yeah. it is. Yeah. There is a there is a there is a volcanic rise in me. And I hope yeah. it's righteous anger, but but sometimes that is the right response. Yes. I, you know, you look at Jesus, right? There's times when the the money changers in the temple, that's not peace that's sipping over those tables. That's, that's, right. that's a righteous anger. This is so wrong that, that it is right for me now to be enraged by what I'm seeing. Uh, this, yeah. if, if we're commanded in our anger not to sin, and we know Jesus is angry and he didn't sin, and even in the place that he tied cords together, right, and made a whip mm-hmm. and and drove them from there. Coins are scattering, tables are flipping, and and it's the Prince of Peace that's doing this. That's because right. anger sometimes is the right emotion. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was thinking of another instance where a man with a shriveled hand was uh, in the synagogue on a Sabbath. Yeah. And yeah. Jesus asked them, is it right to heal? Yeah on the Sabbath to give life on the Sabbath and everybody was quiet. And it says, Jesus looked around at them in anger. Yeah. And I think his anger there was that their religious tradition was standing in the way of something good happening to somebody who needed it. Right. Right. That was his anger, right? That your tradition that you made up is standing in the way of me doing something or trying to stand in the way. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Something good happening to this man who needs healing. And so yeah. sometimes anger is the right emotion. Yeah. yeah. Fourth fundamental, anger anger is a revealing emotion. Yeah. Uh, it calls attention to root issues that need addressing. And sometimes yeah. those root issues go decades back. Um, when I was growing up, my dad uh, used to give me unwanted chores in the summer. <laughs> My, my, wanted, my, wanted chores in the summer? I, I remember any wanted chores. I, there was never wanted chores for me. <laughs> um, but he, uh, you know, I, I wanted to sleep in, eat, and then go ring doorbells with my friends all day long and run away. Um, <laughs> but one morning, my dad said, John, you're weeding the flower garden this morning. And you know, I just didn't want to do it, John. But I knew if I didn't do it, I was going to be in trouble. So I, I got out to the garage, grabbed the, the weed pulling tools. And uh, noticed that there was, uh, I think it was eight, a stack of eight 50 pound bags of peat moss. And I had this idea oh, that no. I could I could speed up this weeding process. <laughs> and so I took, I dragged <clears throat> these 50 pound bags out to the flower garden, opened them up and threw 400 pounds of peat moss on top of all these weeds. And I smoothed it out. And and flower garden looked amazing. Um, my dad comes home at night. He takes a look at it. He was a perfectionist. And he said, great job, John. Three days later, Until. when the <laughs> weeds started to come through the, uh, peat, my, the peat moss layer, 
Yeah. Uh, my dad's tone changed uh, dramatically because <laughs> he had real he realized what I had done. Yeah. And I wonder how many leaders throw peat moss over their anger yeah. in a in a attempt, an unwise attempt to cover it up or pretend it's not there. Yeah. Can I encourage you if you're listening or watching today to let God show you the root of your anger? What is it in your world that needs attention? Maybe it's your schedule. Maybe it's uh, some boundaries, relational boundaries that you need to set. Maybe it's some of the self-talk that you inflict on yourself yeah. that sets you up for this. Let God show you what's at the, the, the root of it so that you can deal with it and get healthier. Yeah, that's good. You were talking about, you know, the, the peat moss and stuff. I There's that, it's a revealing thing and like a furnace, uh, you know, reveals what's gold and what's not. Certain mm -hmm. things rise to the top during a certain amount of heat. And I, I think that's the same thing. I asking myself sometimes, what am I so angry about? Why? You know, why am that's I right. so angry? That's a good question. This, this doesn't deserve that. I'm the one giving out the hundred dollar fine now for the five dollar crime. Like what? And you realize it's not it's not the five dollar crime. It's the other a thousand unresolved buried issues. Right. And now and often it's in a safe place. Right. So it's a, it's a spouse. It's a best mm -hmm. friend. It's one of your kids. They get to see that because you're the filters off because it's almost like right. the more we trust somebody, the more real we are. And sometimes that's good, but if there's problems, sometimes that's bad. So taking that's a right. step aside and saying, what am I so angry about? I, I should not be this angry. And then going back sometimes to something that happened decades ago that this reminds yeah. you of a wound that wasn't healed. Mm -hmm. And I, one of the things I do is I, I kind of take Jesus back with me to that place. And I, I don't mean to be like a psychology, but. Oh, that's yeah, really good though. The first time I believed this lie was here, Lord. And, and would you would you heal that child or that yeah. young man or that soldier that that believed this lie and and now and now move forward to where I am right now and and let me be a merciful person and not yeah. an angry one. Jim, that process that you described is so powerful. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to share a, a personal story about this. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was at a conference with Laura. I don't know. It was about three years ago. It was a marriage conference. It was an amazing conference. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the things that I discovered about myself is that I have a couple of triggers, some things that yeah. when those buttons get pushed, there is a reaction. And one yeah. of those triggers is not feeling good enough. Mm -hmm. So when I'm in a scenario and somebody says something and it pushes that button, if I, if I, wasn't resolving it as you said you know it was unresolved um i would react right in, in that scenario and it, and as i began to unpack that i could draw it all the way back to when i was like nine years old yeah and i got sent out to watch the white walls on my dad's car that's back in the day when your tires <laughs> had white walls and my dad, God love him. Uh, yeah. We had a great relationship uh, toward the end of his life. We were in good, we were in a good spot, but good. there was some rough waters when I was little. And my dad said, you need to make those white walls white. And so I'm out there with a Brillo pad and I'm scrubbing yeah. and I got all the way around the car and I knock on the door and said, dad, come look. He says, not good enough. And yeah. I did it again. Five times, Jim, but now the wow. fifth time, 
I'm crying. I'm crying while I'm doing this. Right. And that message of not good enough had stuck in my life for decades. Wow. And I'm at this conference and the, and it's like the canopy is taken off of that. And I think you have got to be kidding me. Right. I've been wrestling with that for 50 years. Yeah. And so now I recognize when that button's getting pushed. Right. And I go back there with Jesus, right? And I say, Jesus, in you, I am good enough. Yeah. Yeah. You're well pleased with me. And and, and letting him bring healing to that. And so I know we took a long time on this, but... I I would suspect that everybody listening or watching today, you've got some triggers, you've got some buttons that are wounds that were inflicted on you many, many years ago. And this fourth fundamental is really important to you. And you said it, Jim, bring Jesus back to that point in time. And let's work through that with him and let him speak truth where we've believed that lie for so long. Um, Man. I think it's funny. Now we're talking about anger is almost our savior, right? Anger is going to give us the power to deal with this circumstance. It's going to, anger is going to provide for me. Anger is going to protect me. And those are, those are things that only Jesus is supposed to do, right? Jesus is supposed to protect us and provide for us and and be our God. So I, this is where, you know, in your anger, don't sin. We're not at all suggesting to anybody that you should never be angry. It's ungodly to be angry. God, God becomes angry, but God is not an angry God. We can become angry and still be godly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, anger is a poor savior. It, it does more harm than, than it will ever do good. And so maintaining a godly control of your tongue, over your fists, you know, over, over your attitudes. Um, but it is telling you something. I, I think anger, anger is so painful that pain causes me to look at what's causing the pain. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want opioids I, I want a chiropractic adjustment I, I want to fix it I want to do core work uh, I hate core work but I I don't want to be in pain so I'll do sit-ups and whatever because if I don't I'll be in pain so I if you are dealing with the pain of, of being an angry person then then you know anger that that pain is telling you something's wrong and where it's located now go right. go do something about it yeah you so we spent a lot of time on that one, but I, I just yeah. felt it was important for us to do that. Here's the fifth yeah. fundamental is that, yeah. and I think this is kind of like a, a summary, that anger, anger can be a yeah. devastating emotion. Yes. Yeah. Unprocessed, unmanaged. It's a key yeah. contributor to major depression. Um, yeah. If you've heard my story, you listen to this podcast at all, you've had us at your church uh, or to your te- with your team, you've heard my story of dealing with suicidal depression as a young leader many years ago. Um, And, uh, you know, things were going great in my life on the outside, but on the inside, I did not, there were several things going wrong on the inside. And one of them was what we're talking about today. And because I didn't know what to do with my anger and I would shove my anger down, it created, um, uh, it was a recipe for anxiety and depression. And, and, it, and it just proves the point. If you don't tell anger appropriate place to go, it will take you to a place where you don't want to go. And it will take you sometimes to a place that takes a long time yeah. to, to move yourself away from. 
Yeah. Um, and so in pod 177, we're going to look at two places to tell anger where to go. But I'd like to finish today by looking at some places we shouldn't tell it to go. Yeah, good, good. Okay. Here's the first one. That's to eating chocolate. <laughs> Are you sure? Is, is that is that I'm in the Bible sure. somewhere? All right. Not in the Bible. It's just practical. Um, okay. you know, I'm not saying that telling our anger to go to dove dark chocolate isn't fun or delicious. It's, it's just yeah. not helpful in the long run. It might provide temporary relief, but yeah. uh, it's not going to so solve does, your So does anger. tequila, right? So, I mean, we're, we're looking to a substance to, to right. give us a moment of pleasure that doesn't resolve any issue. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a fool's errand. Yeah. You got it. Here's the second place we would suggest you don't tell your anger to go, and that's the social media. Yes. Can I just appeal to you as a leader to set the, the right tone? If yeah. you're angry about something, usually social media isn't the right spot for you to vent mm -hmm. that. Um, mm -hmm. I would encourage you to use social media to inspire, to uplift, yeah. uh, instead of uh, spilling out your anger uh, yeah. over a person or a group of people. I don't think we need to say much more about that one. Here's here's the third place not to tell your anger where to go, and that's to caving in. Okay. Caving in looks something like this, Jim. Uh, it's it's when we tell us ourselves this story. You know, I'm angry because that's how my parents raised me. Right, 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 right. You know, and besides, I'm Italian. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's genetic. I can't help it. And I'm 50% yeah. Italian. And yeah. uh, my grandparents came over uh, from Italy. And uh, so, and, and yet, when we really take a step back, even if we grew up in, a, in an emotionally volatile home, yeah. the great news is that God can change that pattern in your life if you cooperate with him. And I have friends who grew up in homes like that. And because of the action of the Holy Spirit on their lives and their cooperation with that action, you would never know that, Jim, about them. Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, 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 that, that excuse that, you know, I'm, I'm Italian or I'm, I'm German or I'm, I'm Bohemian. You know, I'm, I'm yeah, you know, yeah. Scandinavian. Name your nationality. Right. Yeah. I, I've ever shared I'm masculine. Well, you know, I, we we try to we try to make something bad something good by giving it a a good title, but but again, it it doesn't matter where I've been. It matters who I'm supposed to be like now, right? So Correct. maybe I maybe I was you know raised in an angry home, and maybe I'm, my last name is Wiegand, and in German the, the name Wiegand it actually means like mercenary. It means a fighter. Oh, someone, I didn't know that. Someone who's hired to fight wars is a Wiegand or Wiegand. You know, well I, that's. But I, I, I'm, I don't think Jesus calls me vegan. I think he calls me Jim, his son. And, yeah. and his goal is to cut off the pieces of the, the junk on top of me that doesn't look like the man he wants me to be. And, right. and part of that has to be getting that under control. Or, yeah. you know, we, we said in a conversation we had recently, 30 seconds of unrestrained anger can undo 30 months of progress that's right. in, in any relationship it this is no joke this has to be dealt with and right. and excuses are not helpful um nope. I, I, that's just the way i am I, what i should have said was i apologize for doing that jesus is working on me 
And I appreciate your patience as his work continues instead of saying, well, I'm Italian or I'm German or I'm a vegan. You yeah. know, it's or it's an excuse or, for bad. Or going to this next one. Yeah. Which is another bad place to send your anger. And that's to blaming. Yeah. Right. right? And yes. it was something like this. I wouldn't act this way if you would just behave better. Oh, man. Yeah. And there's that's wrong on so many levels. Yeah, it is. But I think one of the real reasons it's wrong is that we tell ourselves, I can't be happy unless people behave a certain way around me. Right. And I place power into the hands of people over my happiness when I blame them for my anger. Yeah. And that's a, that's a miserable way to live your life. Yes. Um, let me give you one more, Jim, and I'll have okay. you wrap yes. us up here. And that's, okay, great. Here's, here's the last place I, I would we would suggest that you don't send your anger, and that's to submerging, or that's going internal. Yeah. Uh, and this response often involves shoving our anger underground, and boy, I was an expert at that. Yeah. Um, you know, the silent treatment is a is a great example of submerging. Yeah. And and at its core, I think the silent treatment is a couple things, Jim. I think it's a protective mechanism that says, I'm not going to let you hurt me anymore. So I'm backing yeah. off from you. And sometimes, you know, depending on the level of damage that's being inflicted on you, that might be good for a while for you to back away. Yeah. But, yeah. but I also think more often it's a way of me trying to control that other person. Right, right. And and here's the here's the downside of that that when I submerge my anger it leads to bitterness, the nursing of grudges, a real hard time being forgiving, and eventually struggles with anxiety and or depression. So yeah. Yeah. next week I'd like us to talk about two healthy places to send our anger. But Jim, would you wrap yeah. us up? Yeah, I I'll say in conclusion is I'm really disappointed that chocolate isn't the solution, but I get it. I understand. I, I was hoping maybe you'd say meatloaf was still okay or gravy, but uh, maybe maybe I shouldn't eat my emotions, you know? So, hey, everybody that's listening and watching, you, I'm, I'm sure that you have your own stories. Everybody does. Yeah. There are people in our lives that, that devastated us by their anger. There's probably people we have devastated with our anger and no one, no one thinks it's a good idea. So understanding what not to do with it and, and next, next week, understanding what to do with it is vital to your long-term success. Let me say it again, 30 seconds of venting your anger, you know, the language that comes with it, the attitude that comes with it, the harm that comes with it, it can undo uh, months and months and months of building the kingdom in somebody. So yeah. you know, 50 years later, John can still hear his dad say, that's not good enough. 50 years later, your kids, 50 years later, our congregations, we, we are responsible for our response. Your response... Yes is your responsibility. And so owning that and being someone who's growing in this peace and righteous anger is, is huge. So God bless you as you do this. And uh, I know John would want me to say this, but but it is a, it's a privilege to serve this community. It's a privilege to be yes. welcomed into your staff meetings and your car commutes, um, you know, and, and your, your exercise time. And we, we don't take it lightly. If there's more that we can do for you, convergecoach.com the first thing that will pop up is, is a link and that link should be called what else can we do for you um, there's a 30 minute free conversation you're really struggling with anger or you you don't know how to change this or 
Uh, if we can't help you, we will help you find someone who can. And we're praying for you. We believe in you. We love you. And God bless you. It's Tuesday. You haven't quit, which tells us something about your character. So keep going and continue to lead from alignment.